Chug a lug, chug a lug. Make you wanna holler, holly ho. Burns your tummy, don't you know? Chug a lug, chug a lug. Grape wine in a mason jar. Homemade and brought to school. Hello, and welcome back to Taking a Blitz. Hello, all you blitzheads out there. Uh, Adam Danger, your host here. We're back again with some more football frenzy fun. Again, I'm joined with my co-host, Joshy Numbers. Joshy, say hello. Hi, hi. Well, thank you for that, Josh. And I'm also joined by the president, Joy. Joy, say hello to everybody. Hello, Blitzheads. Yes. Well, I'm glad you two could join me. Uh, How are we all doing today? Uh, So far, COVID-free. Family's good. And uh, still gainfully employed. So I feel like these are all wins. Quick wins. Quick wins. And you, Josh, your numbers? Um, I am doing good. I actually just came back from the grocery store. I, uh, uh, I did curbside pickup. And you guys, would, uh, you guys would love to know that I didn't get milk this time because I have plenty of milk. So we're good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I did get bread, though. Well, it, it seems like maybe you're taking a page from my playbook then. It, it was stuck in my head. I had to. Yep. Load up the carbs. Well, uh, again, we're hoping that all our listeners out there are coping pretty well. And we're hoping that this next uh, 45 minutes or so brings you a little levity, a little laughter, uh, when we're only talking about serious subjects like football. Uh, on today's docket, today we're going to talk about, again, the Dallas Cowboys. Got a couple of newsworthy items we're going to go through as well as football writ large, and finally, as of course, the draft. So uh, buckle up, strap yourselves in for some fun. Uh, Kicking off with the Dallas Cowboys. Gang, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Cowboys looking at Jalen Hurts, uh, quarterback out of Oklahoma, also out of Alabama. Uh, What do we make of the Cowboys interviewing Jalen Hurts, and could he be a potential uh, candidate, uh, a day two candidate? Uh, Throw it to Joshy Numbers. Um, I'm not entirely a fan of it, but when we don't have our quarterback signed for the foreseeable future, does it make sense? Maybe, but, you know, who knows? Adding Jalen Hurts is just adding another Dak Prescott in my mind. That's probably the best comparison for him. Um, I, I, I don't know what to think. I, uh, really had a loss for words when I heard that. I, poor Dak, poor Dak. Madam President. You know, I, I echo uh, I echo Josh's feelings, specifically with regards to, like, if I'm Dak Prescott, right, and uh, I know I'm about to enter uh, contract negotiations soon, uh, you, you know, you've you got to be hoping that you are kind of a franchise guy for the Cowboys, right? Like, for me, Dak Prescott is one of my favorite players. Um, I could see him being a career Cowboy um, and I agree with Josh. There are there are a lot of similarities with Jalen Hurts, and it's sort of like just being replaced with a younger you. Like it, it's such an obvious like it's not it, it's a it's sort of a I don't know slap in the face maybe. Um, you know, well we don't we don't anticipate that you're going to want to stick around. So I'm going to get this younger version of you uh, to hedge our bets because we think he's the next face of the franchise. Uh, you know, I think that like my preference would be like let's kind of see how things shake out, and maybe there's maybe there's a veteran who's who's 
a solid backup, but not necessarily somebody who you're looking at as, yeah, this guy is being groomed to take over as the starter within Jameis Winston one to two years. No, not Jameis Winston. Jameis, Jameis, or Cam. Hey, Cam's not uh, doesn't have a paycheck right now. Cam doesn't have a paycheck, and you know Jerry loves guys with personality issues, and uh, Lord knows Cam's sort of had his share of uh, of bad press on the uh, on the personality front, and the, uh, the sort of some of the some of the maybe whiny things that he said in the past. Like I think it would that would that would definitely sort of uh, fit with 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 Jerry's preferred uh preferred preferred player type I the guess right kind of guy as, as loud as loud and mouthy you know he likes that i think too so, uh wait i was gonna say uh again this is the third time we've mentioned cam newton in three weeks so this must be <laughs> the, i don't know why i keep bringing it up or he keep, but what were you gonna say josh numbers so what i'm hearing is three quarterback system next year discuss Oh, God, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. So let me throw Uh, this out, though. Let me throw this hypothetical. Let me postulate something here. What could we say? Could I spin this that you get Jalen Hurts in the second round and you say, well, the Patriots do it all the time. You know, they had Tom Brady for, you know, almost 20 years, but you kept getting your second or third round quarterbacks behind him, training them up and then flip it for, you know, a first round pick or, you know. Well, and the Packers used to do that, too. When they had Brett Favre, they would have guys like uh, Matt Hasselbeck and uh, Mark Brunel. Uh, yeah, it, like, like they would draft guys in, in mid-rounds, too. I don't know if this is that situation. It's, it's just weird if you're drafting somebody like Jalen Hurts, it, especially since Dak isn't in his prime yet. I, I don't think he's in his prime. I think maybe this year he'll be entering his prime, and we'll see definitely what he can do at full capacity but you know it would make definitely more sense if Dak was in his prime and we were like well this is going to this is what we're going to get out of him or if he was exiting his prime but you know he's had three really you know productive years and to just to do him like that it doesn't sit well with me I don't don't know maybe it's just smoke screens who knows I mean I think I think if if this was like the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers scenario, where clearly these are like, not that Brett Favre was not still a great quarterback, but that it, you know, dude was getting up there in age. Like nobody thought he was going to last forever and ever. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers got a little pouty about having to warm the bench, but he's like, always pouty. <laughs> he's always pouty. I, I listen. I'm still mad at him about some stuff he said about Vince Young uh, back, <laughs> back oh, in college boy. on the radio show, uh, but. But but I mean, you know, if it's that kind of scenario, right, where you're seeing a guy like on the on the back end of his career and then you bring in a, you know, a really high profile, you stand out star kind of college quarterback. OK, I I can see that. But in this scenario, you know, Josh is right. Like Dak is Dak still hasn't hit his peak. Um, and I and I don't think that there's. I don't know, maybe psychologically he's a different kind of dude, but it, but for me personally, I think that if you bring in like another sort of up and coming superstar behind me, I don't, I think it's going to make me start looking for the exit and, uh, and, and see, is there some other place where I'm a better fit for that organization long-term? Washington. Well, think, well that's just a black hole for quarterbacks. 
Uh, I would say this too. Like another thing to consider is again, this is a brand new coaching staff. Like this is Mike McCarthy, and you know, he can say all the nice things he wants to about Dak and all all kinds of issues. But I mean, that's not the court. That's not the coach that drafted him, right? Like that's not the that's not the regime, at least from the coaching side, that drafted Dak. So they have no allegiances to him. They don't going to bind him with promises. The only person that's really sticking over that would be in his corner would be Kellen Moore, and he's like eighteen. So. <laughs> it's uh so yeah i mean if you're deck and just like josh you never said uh if you don't have a, a long-term contract yet and so right now there's no uh if you're deck what's the if you're the cowboys what's the incentive for signing deck now you're two weeks out from the draft uh there's guys like cam newton and james winston floating around uh, and it just kind of drives your number down you kind of have to wait after the draft to see like who gets picked and then does the market dry up and then you know in the dead of summer I can see the Cowboys having to kind of come with like their hat in hand going, well, well, son, you know, we just had to make sure we had to be pragmatic about these things. Uh, uh, we're just glad to, to have them here. And which is kind of what happens. If you look at Cowboys off seasons, if they don't sign a guy at the very front of the off season, like in February or March, uh, a contract, you know, sometimes happens in the summer or in training camp. Like we'll have a Dez holdout or DeMarco Murray holdout or something like that. Where they give the Cowboys leave themselves with very little recourse. Zeke was, in, to... Zeke was in Cabo for all of preseason and didn't come back until what a week before week one started. Mm-hmm. And that served him well. I've got to say, it worked. Camp Cabo, Camp Cabo. So Jalen Hurts, uh, we'll just kind of keep an eye on it. Uh, I I wouldn't be upset. I kind of want to see what the long game is, but with the Cowboys, there really rarely <laughs> ever is a long game. So it would just make for a lot of media headlines and like, is there a QB controversy? And like, they're going to be like these staged photos where like Dak is like showing, um, showing Jalen like, well, this is how you throw this round. And this is what I'm going to do here. But it's going to be kind of fake. Other than that, uh, let's see Cowboys news. Now I want to get uh, the president's opinion on Dak working out with Des Bryant privately during the time of social distancing. Joy, go. Yeah, so uh, so despite my saying a few minutes ago that Dez is one of my sort of, maybe one of my favorite Cowboys players ever, like I think he's on that track. And um, I mean, I certainly, I loved Dak in, in college, um, was super excited when we picked him up. Uh, this is a big disappointment for me. <laughs> you know, Dak is one of the few people who Jerry seems to love uh, who has not been mired in controversy in some way up till now. Uh, seeing the news that Dak and Dez are working out together at a time when nobody is supposed to be around each other really just gets my blood boiling. Um, so I have a sibling who is an MD, a hospitalist at Mount Sinai in New York. Uh, this is, you know, the epicenter of all of this happening. Dallas is actually kind of one of, one of the places on track to be another epicenter soon. And, uh, you know, you are putting not just yourself, but anybody you come into contact with at risk if you do stupid stuff like this. Uh, you know, you, even if you're standing several yards away from each other, you are, you are passing each other a physical object upon which you are sweating and breathing and whatever. Like, it's just like a, it's just a vehicle to pass the coronavirus around to each other. Now, I also saw some reporting that Zeke was there as well. 
Of course. Um, yeah. He didn't want to be left out. Right. You know, you just, you know, the cool guys are hanging out and they're, they're passing the, you know, they're, they're throwing pass routes or whatever. I don't want to be left. Why? I just, oh, this one really, um, you know, this is very much a stay the F at home situation. Uh, Maybe you know, we my should draft Jalen Hurts after all. My children haven't left the house since March 14th. Um, you know, the only place I've been is the grocery store. Uh, and, uh, you know, all all the rest of us making all of these sacrifices and doing our damnedest to to stop this so that we can all go back to our lives being normal. Uh, this stuff just completely flies in the face of all of that. It is so frustrating and so disappointing. Uh, I've seen the calls for, you know, the league to issue punishments. I'm kind of on board with it. At least find them, slapping them on the wrist, like make make them do some kind of public service announcements. Um, I don't know what it is, but something, um, something needs to give. I mean, I think that this is just such a terrible example to set. It's, it's super privileged um, that, you know, that, that you feel like you're in a position where you can, you know, why can you do this and the rest of us, you know, are are all following the rules and doing as we're supposed to do? It's extraordinarily frustrating. I'm super disappointed. Um, I, you know, I'm I, I, uh, I would be okay. Now, I don't think I don't necessarily want to see like suspensions. Um, no, we need those guys for. We need those guys. We need, yeah. <laughs> we we need, need them for the whole, the whole. Yeah, like, it'd be nice if Zeke played a whole season. Right, but fine them, you know, like, you know, slap them on the wrist. And also, why why Dez, right? Like, I mean, like, this dude, first of all, Dez, who now plays for New Orleans, which has more deaths per capita than New York City right now. Um, yeah, let's, like, let's just not do this stuff, right? Like, he's not your teammate anymore. I know he's still your boy, and he's still your buddy or whatever, but, like, this is this is just ignorant. Just totally ignorant. I I don't understand it. I did love the uh, tweeted photo where they are like arm in arm and like hanging out like, and again it's totally tone deaf, just like you said, Joy. Where it's it's like, you, do you understand what is happening right now? I'm like, don't post this out. This isn't just some regular like, look who's hanging out together. Like this isn't good press. You're not doing anything. This doesn't accomplish anything. He's not on the team. He's likely not going to come back to the team. There was no point. Like even if you had gotten caught, like if someone said. Hey, uh, someone put this on Instagram and it just leaked of them like throwing each other the football. All right. But when you like pose for a photo, it's like, do you not understand uh, how many people are suffering and dying while you're just like goofing off? Like, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I got a uh, text from my buddy Johnny V about it. And I just was like, oh, my God. Among all the other bad news we got, I was like, these guys just don't think sometimes. Josh, your numbers, any carry away on that one? I, it's stupid. I, I, I don't, yeah, like, this is really, it's kind of on the numbers for somebody like Dez, who's just always, controversy always follows him, and a lot of it isn't his fault, but this definitely is. But Dak, like, Dak's got to be smarter than that. He's got to know, hey, this is a serious situation going on. I know these guys want to work out with each other in the offseason, and a lot of times, and especially in the NBA, it's not uncommon to go hang out with your buddies and get some practice in whether or not you're on the same team. But this is just a completely different situation than what we've all seen. I agree with the both of y'all. It's extremely tone deaf and it's just frustrating. I, I don't, 
know if they're still hanging out. I don't know what they're doing now, but I, I, I totally agree that there should be some fines that are, are handed out for this and uh, to any other players that are doing it, because I guarantee if Dez and Dak are doing it, they're probably not the only set of teammates or non-teammates that are doing that. I would say, too, like, I believe the NFL is going to host a big, I don't think it's just a draft, but they were going to host a big, like, uh, COVID-19 fundraiser. And, again, like, I don't know if you could be a part of that if you're, uh, you know, blatantly disregarding the rules. But we'll see how that develops. I Who knows? Hopefully no suspensions again. We need these guys for the full 17 weeks so we can go 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Shifting gears a little bit, Joshy Numbers. <laughs> You let me know in the middle of the night that the Cowboys had signed one Alden Smith. Now, if I memory serves, he has not played in the league for four years now. Is that correct? Uh, that would be we're going to go on five years. He hasn't played. Five years. Pardon me. Since, hasn't played a snap since 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. On the wrong side of 30, he just turned 30. Just a multitude of off the field problems. You name it, he's done it. He's not Greg Hardy bad, but He's he's up there. No, I don't think anybody's Greg Hardy bad. But last week we brought up the we brought up the notion that this team had a lot of money on the books. We're trying to figure out, hey, where are they going to spend this? I'd mentioned picking up maybe a pass rusher like Everson Griffin. You know, pick him up off the scrap heap. We go with a guy that hasn't played football in five years. That is, by all accounts, not the best of people. Um, and then I texted you uh, two days ago that there was a report that he had put on 40 or 50 pounds. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's not good. Although I did show you today, I think it was from Jay Glazer's Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Alden Smith was just running on a treadmill, which cool. Uh, you know, that makes me feel better about gaining 40 or 50 pounds. But what the hell is this? I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think I've said this for the past two weeks about a Cowboys signing, but goddamn Alton Smith, really? I did hear a report, though, that uh, a former Cowboy kind of spoke on his behalf and said, you know, was talking to Jim Tom Sula and said, hey, and again, Jim Tom Sula has some rapport with with uh, Alden Smith back in San Francisco, but that Cowboys player was none other than Willie Blade. <laughs> it was not Willie Blade. <laughs> The Bladenator, I heard, was the uh, go-between. He said, if you want uh, another Haas at defensive end, you got it with Alden Smith. That that means Eric Bjornsson actually did talk to Blake uh, Blake Jarwin. Oh, God. Good old Eric Bjornsson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, our right defensive end is going to be either Tyron Crawford, who's, I think, hips fell apart. Uh, let's see, Randy Gregory, who hasn't played in and, and two that's, seasons. And that's also what I wanted to bring up. We have both Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, who have yet, both have yet to be reinstated by the NFL. It's a 50-50 chance. Maybe we get one of them, or maybe get both. And one plays one game, and then the other plays road games. And then They're going to you... share the same jersey and helmet. Uh, maybe we got to cut down costs there. Uh, but Alden Smith, yeah, no idea. Uh, hopefully, I did read some sort of article, and I don't want to get into too many specifics because I forgot them, but it was something where he knew his life was in the wrong, and so then he met up with some, like, veterans and was training with them, but the veterans were also, like, it just gave him perspective, right? Like, you need to get your life right. You know, a lot of us are suffering, and boom, 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 which 
if that's all true, like, you know, more power to them. If that kind of gives you some perspective and kind of gets you on the right track and you do something uh, with with your career or with your life and you get it on straight, that's cool. Uh, but it just sounded really bizarre. And I guess it was probably from Jay Glazer as well. Like, also, I love Jay Glazer because I think he's a he is a tough guy, I guess. Like, he does all kinds of, like, MMA and martial arts. He's like, yeah, no, we're always training. Yeah, I, I, don't take me lightly. I'm like, all right, Jay Glazer. I mean, him and, Dana, him and Dana White are built the exact same way, so it makes sense. I'm gonna yeah, just Asian. hype men, right? Like, finding this guy, <laughs> and I'm going to promote the hell out of him. Put him on my Instagram. I, I... Um, I believe in providing somebody a second chance. I do. I mean, I think people make mistakes, things happen, and they screw up. The problem is with Alden Smith, it's like the the opportunity now has passed for that second chance because it was you had the hit and run thing happen, and then there was also the domestic violence thing, and then mm-hmm. there was the like it, it's not been just like there was this one blip on his radar from that sort of personal conduct perspective, it's been recurring blips. Like, why do we take chances on dudes like this? I don't, I don't understand. All I have to say is look at his legal issues tab on Wikipedia. And it's kind of long, y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it seems like every year there is a different incident with him, with the exception of 2016. But 2016 was just a bad year for all of us. So That's right. The darkest yeah. timeline. <laughs> yeah, we're living in the darkest timeline. Like, we should get some sort of, like, road warrior, uh, Mad Max kind of status of, like, we survived the worst thing that could happen, really, guys. Like, you know, we're pretty tough. They made us pretty tough when we were born. We survived uh, the worst thing to ever happen. Two kickers on the same roster. <laughs> <laughs> Which has yet to be amended at this time. we still got two kickers. Uh, maybe they're going to do a lot of trick plays. Like, you know, that that fossil, maybe he's going to, like, you know, we're going to do a lot of fake kicks and fake punts and, and go for it on fourth down. You know how I used to play in Madden where I would never kick the ball on fourth down? I was always going for a trick play, and you knew it every time? Yeah, and that's why you would always just score in increments of 12, or, or 6, <laughs> rather. <laughs> I would I would beat you because you wouldn't go for a field goal. You would always go for two. Well, you know, I was I was running the numbers back then. I was way ahead of the curve. Like I was back in 2005, 2006, I knew that two points were more than one and that I could if I just was clever enough, you know, I could just uh, game the system. Now, I wasn't successful at it, but I was a real I you know what? I was brave. And I was on the front half the battle. <laughs> And I just laid out the groundwork for everybody. And now they're all doing it. Now they put the ball in, what, the one-yard line for two-point conversions? Like, guys, I was ahead of the curve back when I was watching USC. All right. Uh, Changing gears from the Cowboys, we're going to move on to football writ large. And one thing I wanted to share with you guys, because I love your opinion, and I read this, and you two were the first two people I thought about. Uh, There was this report, I believe, by uh, A. Scarborough, this is an unnamed Power Five coach talking about uh, injuries, like pe- players feigning injuries during the game to kill the clock and or trick play. So I'm going to read you this quote uh, in the entirety. It's two paragraphs, and I'm going to try to uh, cut out some of the uh, coarse language here. But here it goes. The quote is, is putting so many receivers on one side of the ball going as fast as you can, that kind of trick and deception, is that a good look? He said, his voice rising. So there's your argument. Okay, don't lie on the ground and fake an injury. Okay, well, don't do this bull s. It's not football. That's trick them. 
we're trying to trick people or fundamentally trying to teach them how to play the game. Suddenly he was on a roll. Okay. All that trick them. All, all that trick them. Damn bull ass. Is that what we want it to look like? We want to win because we trick you? He continued. Or are we going to beat you because we're physical? We're tough. We outrun you. Got great talent. Make a great catch. Whatever it is. The game is great. But let's face it. A lot of this college football stuff in certain leagues is a joke. It's a joke. We're going to score because we trick you better than others. I personally don't want to spend my time tricking people. Uh, my friends. Discuss. I would just I definitely want to know who it is, and I'm willing to bet it's an SEC coach or an ACC coach at worst. For sure. Uh, I live for trick plays. I'm sorry. Like yes. maybe maybe this is just a personal failing on my part. Um, but there is nothing that gets me excited. Quite like a good surprise trick play. Like, I mean, keep it keep it fresh. Why not? I, I, I love how the initial definition of trick plays is, is putting so many receivers on one side of the ball, going as fast as you can, that kind of trick and deception. That's not, that's just like running the trips route, right? Like that's not. Right. That's, 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 that's not that was what, settled I, years you know ago. what I think trick play necessarily. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I just, but I love it. I mean, so top three people that this could have been, I'm going to say uh, number three, I'm going to say Dabo. Like I can feel like this is kind of a Dabo. Dabo Sweeney, uh, this self-righteous indignation with his clean Learjet. Uh, who else could it be? Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, not Sarkeesian, I was going to say run and fun. Who, who had run and shoot? I, I was going to say Steve Sarkeesian's too busy drinking. Oh, poor Sarkeesian. <laughs> oh, boy. And finally, it could have been, I'm going to possibly say Nick Saban. Like, it just seems like Nick Saban, like, do you understand? This is what's happening. That he gets on a roll and, like, he hypes himself up to say about trick him. And I've never heard the term trick him before. I was going to say Gus Malzahn. I, that just made the most mm. sense to me. A Gundy? This could be Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 50. Oh, Gu 50 Gundy. Now, guys. Gundy has 50 his now. own set of problems. Gundy has his own set of problems. Any chance that, like, maybe this is... I don't know. When you said SEC and I thought about sort of the the way that LSU tends oh. to play, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Joe Burrow is as white bread boring as they get, is he not? Um, I mean, he's a great quarterback. I'm not going to hold it against him. But is this maybe an Ed Orgeron thing? I don't know. You saying that. Saying now I have you... to read it. I have to read this like this. Is putting so many receivers on one side of the ball going as fast as you can. That kind of trick and deception. Is that a good look? I don't know. There's not a there's the uh, vocabulary doesn't have does and dims. <laughs> well, and and it, but but if we're talking about profanity being in that tirade, uh, Ed Orgeron, not not one to uh, shy away from profanity. Yes. So... And ladies, he's on the market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, no thanks. <laughs> Well, Ed, I, I hope to Ed Orgeron has Ed Orgeron has hair like our dad. I know it's just an invincible forest full of hair, and uh, and he's built like, and he's built like I guess guys of dad's age, right? Like kind of paunchy, but they also have these like barrel chests, and <laughs> these shoulders that stick out. Like, I mean, you wouldn't want to fight him, right? Like if you were driving and you had a fender bender, you'd be like, all right, coach, let me just start calling my insurance. Like it's no big deal. I apologize. I'm not gonna apologize for anything. 
Uh, I apologize that we're in the situation, right? Now you listen to me, boy. Yes, sir. Ed Orgeron probably had to yell at his kids for playing too much Sega Genesis and not doing their homework. (laughs) Uh, Good old Kojo. Well, the next thing I wanted to talk about, um, I also want to talk about Nick Saban uh, getting his first email address. This was a story from Dave Wilson from ESPN. Uh, The story that, of course, with our social distancing, uh, that's not going to stop Nick Saban from recruiting. That man recruits like days after national championship. Uh, So here's a here's a quote from the story. It says, I've come a long way, Saban said during an Instagram live with ESPN's Maria Taylor. It was hard to communicate when you have to be by yourself and you always depend on somebody else to get your emails and messages and all that. They were sending them all to Miss Terry, in quotes, Saban's wife, and she fired me. She said, I'm not dealing with your stuff anymore. And so I had to do it on my own. Um, I love that he forced his wife into an unpaid position of handling all of his communique. Uh, And it's crazy that this coach that has won so many championships and uh, will probably go down as one of the best, if not the best college football coach of all time, uh, only now has is answering his own emails and text messages. We all have to find new hobbies in, in quarantine. So <laughs> why not Why not Nick Saban sending bitmojis? That's a hobby. Yeah. You know, uh, as, as the lone female in this conversation, I have to point out that I tend to believe that a lot of these college football coach wives have been doing a lot of the work um, and manipulating things in the background for a long time. Uh, so it doesn't particularly surprise me. Uh, you know, and... It's not like she's not getting any kind of benefit from Nick Saban being an incredible football coach, right? Like, I mean, he makes millions of dollars a year. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's sort of like, you know, you're, you're, you are also increasing your own, you know, personal wealth. There is some, there is some personal gain to be had here too. Uh, now the other part of me that, that works in higher ed says, okay, well, technically, college football coaches also work in higher ed. Like, are there FERPA violations going on here? Are you sharing student information? Is there stuff that Miss Terry should not know about your players that now she does because she's been answering your emails for you? Um, will Nick Saban get in trouble for it? Probably not. Uh, but, but you know, that, that compliance part of me says, you know, maybe somebody should point that out to him. Well, you know who actually raised a, kicked up a fuss about this? Was Carol Baskin? She was behind it the whole time. Carol Baskin, mm, just because <laughs> she wanted to Nick, answer Nick Saban's emails herself. Uh, oh, that's wanted... right. She was she was answering emails for Will Muschamp. Of the game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, yeah, but also to your point, Joy, I feel like uh, Miss Terry is probably an unsung hero of like actually getting these emails out and these messages. And, you know, imagine being married to this, like, Napoleonic figure who's just like, well, you got to tell them they need to really try hard, and they need to stay focused. I need to cut out anything that's going to distract them from winning. And she has to, like, go, okay, thanks, Nick. Thanks for the, that copy there. And she has to be like, it was so great to hear from you, fullback number three. Uh, we hope that you are co- uh, continuing your offensive efforts, and, you know, in, in offseason. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he can't be the the easiest guy to work with in terms of, like, uh, communicating things that aren't like yelling or pointing his finger at people. So, uh, and I also wonder what his email is. I wonder if it's like a Java or Juno email, right? Like Nick it's S. Hotmail. You know, you hotmail. know it's Hotmail. So, so hey, I still, is Ms. I Ms. still Ms. use Ms. a Hotmail Terry account. Nick Saban's 
Nick Saban, Nick Saban's uh, rage translator is Mick. Is yes. Mick that is yes. what we're, that is what we're saying here. I think that, I think that's probably accurate. Uh, Hotmail is embarrassing, Joshy, and you should get rid of it. I, you know, I've, I've been living with it for about 20 plus years at this point. I'll die with it. Gmail's the way to go. Gmail's I'm the wondering way to go. If it's, do you think it's like a AOL? Like he has so many of the disks stacked up and he's like, why do I need to get another email? I've got all these free disks. I've got, <laughs> I've got, got 150,000 hours. <laughs> Just think if Nick Saban had been aware of AOL Instant Messenger back in the 2000s. What would Nick Saban's AIM handle have been? Oh, um, it would have been, oh, God, uh, Sticky Coverage Man 46. <laughs> God damn oh <laughs> uh, god and like who would he have emailed of course it would have been like uh bill belichick right like can you imagine two of them like texting each other well well go ahead and uh, 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 uh we still haven't heard from bill belichick all season i'm just saying i'm fine yeah, with it he's really gone into hiding have you guys seen that uh bill belichick nick saban documentary on hbo i think it came out uh, about six months ago Oh no! Is it is it on no. the uh, is it on the free Roku thing right now? Because uh, that's the it's... only way I'm watching HBO. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm uh, I'm very cheap. <laughs> I check it out. Like it's, it was like a sports documentary. It might be in there, like their HBO. Like they have like a subgenre for sports or whatever. I made my wife Miss Tori sit through it. <laughs> She's mm. like, okay, I don't really know these guys, but I was like, oh, look at these geniuses talking, comparing notes, and like. It was it was everything you think of like a Bill Belichick and uh, Nick Saban meeting, wherein I think Bill uh, the camera crew's there and they're sitting in Saban's office in Alabama and Bill goes, "Hey, hey guys, can you uh, can you give us about ten minutes? Uh, can you just give us some time alone? We're just gonna catch up." And the cameraman just leaves the camera and the mic on while they leave. And the first thing they talk about, like they hadn't seen each other maybe a year or so, a couple of years, is Belichick is like. So I wanted to ask you about that defense. What kind of defense were you trying to pull there in that game against Auburn? And he goes, well, that's interesting. You know, I was just having trouble all day. I was having trouble all day with the cornerbacks just losing their mind out there. So what I did, I was like, this is how they talk to each other. Like, they can't talk to each other like humans. Like, hey, man, what's happening? Or long time no see. How's the wife and kids? It was like, no, tell me what you were doing with that defense there. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. I, I think also re- I would recommend the Cleveland 95 oh, yeah. documentary. That's probably my favorite football documentary of all time. And uh, knowing that Bill Belichick had Nick Saban, um, Eric Mangini, just uh, Jim Schwartz, a number of people under him there. Uh, yeah, genius is at work for a 5-11 and 11 team. Well, they were going to get somewhere eventually if, if uh, what's his name, didn't take the team to Baltimore. Modell, right? Art Modell? Art Modell. The biggest trader in American history. Uh, movie shifting gears from that. Uh, Joshy Numbers, tell us, what's Bill O'Brien up to? Well, uh, we just found out right before we were set to record that the Texans have traded their second round pick, or a second round pick, rather, to the Los Angeles Rams, more on the Rams in a bit, for Brandon Cooks. Um, Now, the Houston Texans now have four receivers on their roster that do the exact same thing. Um, 
I don't know why you just didn't keep DeAndre Hopkins, um, but you're getting Brandon Cooks, who classic underachieving wide receiver. I think he has talent, but he's never just quite put it together for a full season. He's kind of become the uh, Dante Stallworth of this generation. And Ooh. if you don't know Dante Stallworth, Dante Stallworth, fast guy, was just always on a different team each year. And that seems to be the way with Brandon Cooks. Uh, if you're an NBA fan, we would call this Larry Hughes syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if you need a fast receiver, it just seems like, oh, let's just go ahead and get Brandon Cooks. I, I don't get it. Uh, they're also getting a, a fourth round pick, I think, in next year's draft. But, you know, they, they do have a second round pick. I think they pick at four, uh, number 40. Um, and I don't know where that pick is from. But, guys, I, he has just four speed receivers at this point with Deshaun Watson. Is he, is, is he smarter than us and he's just going to try something new where these guys are just going to run up and down the field? Or, or, or am I just, is, is that wishful thinking? I think, uh, I think Bill O'Brien is somehow like just one of these guys who's just f- constantly failing upward. Like if anything good happens, it's going to be like a total fluke. I, I can't understand how you, I still, I still, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is very good looking and I still don't understand how the DeAndre Hopkins trade happened. Um, and, and then to pull in Brandon Cooks, like none of this makes any, any sense. Um, you know, he's, he's, I don't know what five ten. he's not like a huge dude. He's fine. no, not at all. Like, like you're, you're not, there's nothing differentiating this guy from any of the other receivers on your team. Uh, you know, poor Deshaun Watson, you know, is just sort of, I don't know, is, is giving him like this mediocre bunch of misfits, uh, <laughs> a bunch of clones to, you know, I don't know, try it. I don't know. I, I just, well, to me, Fuller, he's got Will Fuller, Kenny Stone. Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks, and they all do the exact same thing. It, it doesn't make, doesn't any, make sense. any sense. It doesn't Guys, you're not you're not sense. talking about the running back game that he has with uh, David Johnson. Well, no, who did he get from Arizona? No, no, he got David Johnson, but they still have Duke Johnson. They traded for Duke Johnson last year too. So, oh, they can call him Johnson and Johnson. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe he's playing five-dimensional chess, right? Like, maybe this is going to be the money ball where he's like, I just saw, you know, uh, an inefficiency in football where if I just put all the fastest guys on one side of the ball and had him run all the way down the field, maybe everything's just going to be like NFL blitz style where it's just like throw the bomb and uh, and you always beat your cousin on the last-minute bomb and, like, he'd start crying and hitting you. That maybe, this, maybe, maybe this is some of that uh, trickeration that uh... – Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't believe that. But uh, yeah. And what sucks is there is a prominent uh, Houston Texans fan that I work with. And I mean, every weekend he was always wearing like Houston gear, like a Houston lanyard and he'd go to the games and I had to cover for him at work once. Cause he's like, bro, like we're going to go to the, uh, the playoff game. And I was like, Oh cool. Yeah, man. Like no sweat. Like I, I got you covered. Um, and so anytime they started making bonehead moves and he was, a, he was, he's a very lively guy, very sweet, but you know, 
hey, man, let me tell you, this is what the Texans, they're going to do it. This is what they're up to. And I can't believe it. And I can't wait. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. Like, I always just kind of sit there. Like, you know, when you talk to a fan of another team and they're really hyped about the team and they want you to get hyped about it, but you could care less. Uh, mm-hmm. Not because you're a jerk, but just because it's not the Cowboys. Um, now, I, I, it kind of sucks that we're working from home and I, I can't check in on them. I'll be like, hey, man, uh, so what's going on here? Like, are you okay? Are you doing okay? Maybe I should I do was- a mercy check I was also going to suggest that we re-sign Tavon Austin in hopes of just trading Tavon Austin for J.J. Watt at this point so they could just have a fifth speedy receiver. Why not? I mean, you know, let's there's there's got to be whatever hypnosis they used on Bill O'Brien to execute this DeAndre Hopkins trade. We'll find somebody who can do it. Also, I want to just remind everyone listening that experts and scouts are saying this is one of the deepest drafts for wide receivers in several years. So it's not like, you know, they couldn't have just drafted one uh, with that second round pick that they gave away. That would have been cheap and just as probably effective as Brandon Cooks. But you know what? That's not for me to decide. Who am I to cast blame on anyone or throw stones, as it were? No, because if they selected a receiver in the first round, then they'd have to pay him. And they're not. Well, even if it was a second round, like you would have gotten a decent second round uh wide receiver but who knows you know maybe they're just gonna shock us all uh and overtake the afc south who are they up against in the afc south the colts maybe well the colts with phil rivers um yeah i don't know maybe maybe gardner Minshew has a uh, has that sophomore jump man and and takes the jags all the way to the uh, afc title game to lose again I mean, the AFC's up for grabs. Well, at least the AFC South. Who else am I forgetting? Jags. Um, Bortles. Oh. Anybody who watched The Good Place now doesn't understand that reference, so I apologize. Oh, I watched part of The Good Place. Every, I was, it, everybody needs to watch The Good Place. You're all stuck in your homes. Uh, it, now is the time. It is, it is like peak television sitcom perfection. Uh, probably, probably my favorite sitcom of all time. I well, okay. So my wife watched it. She caught up a year or two years ago on Netflix and just like watched it all through Netflix. And then she watched it live, right? So I always saw like there was that guy who was like a DJ. Was he from Jacksonville? He was from Florida. And he was always talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, Jason Mendoza, uh, one of the four main characters, kind of in in uh, in the Good Place. Won't spoil the premise for anybody. Um, kind of a ne'er-do-well um, and dumb as a box of rocks, but hilarious. Probably um, might have been my favorite character on the show. Uh, obsessed with the Jacksonville Jaguars and just at any moment um, that he had the opportunity to do so would scream Bortles, like loved Blake Bortles, right? Uh, <laughs> and then when so like basically like in real time in the show when uh when Blake Bortles got traded away uh they worked it into uh kind of a a little bit on the show which was uh wonderful and fantastic and uh I, and like this dude just like idolized worshiped Blake Bortles which was which was a great plot point and hilarious and uh and I loved it uh, and then uh, it was uh, when they picked up uh, when they picked Nick up Foles. Foles, 
and uh and and so and so uh one of the other characters who like knows what's still happening on earth tells him you know they cut like you know they cut like Bortles and and they picked up nick Foles, and he's he seems real uh disappointed for a second and he's like that dude has a super bowl ring like so excited about nick Foles. like nobody has ever been excited about nick Foles, and uh so just like he's he's a great character and there are some really i mean just like prime nfl references in that show um anyway that's a jacksonville jaguars tangent we we also left out we we left out the tennessee titans guys how could we forget the titans oh yeah they and they actually beat the Patriots. Pro- yeah, provided so, uh, the best moment of 2020 so far by beating New England at their own game. Yeah, 2020 peaked when Tom Brady's final play in a Patriots jersey was an interception. A pick six. Bill, Bill Belichick got outcoached by a guy that was just wearing a long sleeve shirt and a vest in 20 <laughs> degree weather. He dresses like us for Christmas or something where it's not really that cold, but our mom would get us those long sleeve shirts and like a little vest like he looks oh. like a he looks like a butcher. <laughs> well, he's shaped like a butcher. Joy, I don't know if we ever shared the story with you. This is one of my favorite stories that Josh and I like to go over. It was I was reading a retrospective about the history of the Dolphins running the Wildcat. Remember back in like 2007, 2008 when like they busted out the Wildcat, mm-hmm. and they talked about the game that they did. It was against the Patriots, and the Patriots couldn't stop it. Like they they were running that Wildcat and get into the end zone. And Mike Vrabel, the current coach of the Tennessee Titans, was a linebacker for the Patriots. He would scream out, play real football! <laughs> <laughs> and then they would just do the little sweeps and stuff. So uh, whenever we get upset at something, we just say we just yell out, play real football! That's fantastic. So we'll see how he does. Now, uh, Josh Numbers, you intimated uh, quickly there that there was an issue with the Los Angeles Rams of some sort of fiduciary um... yeah real real quick my my favorite story of this whole week was todd Gurley, soon to be atlanta falcon um who unveiled new uniforms and they're hideous but that's a i I could go on and on about that but todd Gurley mentioned that uh he hadn't been paid and that the rams were past due on their paychecks which okay you know maybe things happen it's it's a weird time for all of us that tweet that he sent out regarding that was then quote tweeted by Clay Matthews, also on the Rams from last year, stating that he hadn't been paid to. Guys, they hoodwinked a whole city to find them a new stadium, and they can't even pay two players on the team. That's uh, that's very sad. That reminds me of those stories Dad would tell us. What was it, the San Antonio Outlaws? where they would get the paychecks and all the players would race to the bank to try to cash a check before the money ran out. That's essentially uh, yeah. what happened with the Rams. I, I worked at a place once. Uh, I will not disclose the name of this particular uh, establishment. It Albertsons. Was, it, was not a, it was not Albertsons. Uh, they would give us our paychecks and then tell, the, tell us that they couldn't make payroll. Could we please hold them until Tuesday? Uh, it, was, it was not great. Uh, and so, you know, the, the sort of residual effect for me is that my standards for like what constitutes a great place of employment are very warped now. Like as long as your paycheck comes on time and like I don't have to hold the paycheck and wait to cash it a few days, like that is like that's the best job I've ever had. Uh, you so, work for Nelson Rockefeller now? 
so so maybe maybe that's it maybe the maybe the rams are just playing some like weird psychological game where it's like you know when we start giving you paychecks on time uh you're gonna be maybe so grateful for it. it you'll be you'll be loyal forever <laughs> this isn't a dictatorship like he's not uh well josh uh one thing i wanted to bring up too is i heard about the rams is that uh, when the players where you're getting their paychecks. There was a man with a little green visor and a big old book of checks, and he would just rip it up, rip, and then give it Look, to you. Look, I was, I was 12 at the time. I didn't know anything about direct deposit. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Joy, just to fill you in, when I got my first job at Great American Cookie, uh, Josh asked me if there was a guy that gave me my check, like my work check. I was like, oh, no. They um, mail it, and it stays in a safe, and then I have to take it down to the First Mark Credit Union. <laughs> And uh, deposit it there. Uh, again, that was before I, even I had direct deposit. Uh, so, again, I just, I'm sure they have direct deposit. And, like, why aren't the agents, like, making a bigger stink about this? Like, if you're an agent, you'd be like, my client has not been paid. Like, this is shameful. Well, and I mean, because if you're doing? the agent, you're also not getting paid if your client exactly. is paid. Right. Exactly. So, you think you'd be kicking up a fuss. But, uh, yeah, the Los Angeles Rams. Like, do you think, like, maybe they have to hit up Jared Goff and, like, oh, hey, man, you know all that money we gave you? Could you like um, just lend it back to us? And they're like, "Well, we're totally good for it. We just gotta, you know, uh, we gotta cover a few bases, get solvent here." Who, who owns they're, the Rams anyway? I don't know, but they're they're probably waiting for all that new stadium money to come in. But they're probably also waiting for WrestleMania next year, since it takes place at the Rams Chargers Stadium. I think it's SoFi Stadium. So they're just probably waiting for uh, that WWE check to hit, and then uh, and then they can pay out their players. Uh, Stan Kroenke. It's the Cronkies, right? Yeah. So, uh, where did where did the how did Stan Cronkie make his money, friends? I'm just gonna read this real quick. Also, the owner of the Arsenal Football Club, much of their fans' chagrin, Cronkie made his money the old-fashioned way by marrying it. His wife Ann Walton. Oh, is she Walmart Walton, the niece of Walmart founder Sam Walton. But it's not the Walmart fortune that. Oh my God, this article goes on for too long. But uh, <laughs> apparently, Stan Cronkie. Uh, married into his wealth, but he's not paying the players. So, uh, hey, keep up the good fight, fellas. You know, this is a, a union household. Uh, you know, don't take it less than your market value. Get paid. If, um, if any L.A. team would have been owned by Walmart, I would have thought it would have been the Chargers. Oh, for sure. That that definitely fits their aesthetic. Uh, I, I, you know, if we, if, we want the, if we want the deep dive on old Stan... Uh, I, I can guarantee you that Zach can provide it. My husband can definitely uh, give us the deets on Stan. I will I will ask and get a full report back for uh, next week's yes. pod. Now, has... because, uh, my husband is a huge English Premier League uh, fan. Oh, yeah. He's a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. And so Arsenal, of course, is like their big rival. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you, you just just the same way that probably all of us on this podcast know more than we would like to know about, say, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that's that's what this is like. So I guarantee you that Zach can give us the scoop on uh, on Stan and, and why he might not be paying his guys. Uh, Slumlord Stan. That's what I'm going to start calling him until he pays his players. Very uh, Trumpian of you. I like the nickname. <laughs> Don't please. Uh, that's gonna stick, you know. Trumpian. Oh, good gravy. I'm not that tall. First off. Uh, finally, as we round out this show, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the draft. Obviously, it's coming up two weeks from tonight, uh, friends. 
Uh, Joy, I don't know if you know this, but I made homemade T-shirts for the draft. Uh, they say Burrow Club, and it's a takeoff of a wrestling bullet club, but with Joe Burrow and, like, a tiger on there. And I made them so that Josh and I could wear them and go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the draft, as is tradition. But, unfortunately, I believe this year we're going to have to forego that tradition, but I'm going to have to somehow get Josh our matching T-shirts and take photos with them uh, to celebrate this occasion. Well, that is that is a real disappointment. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings was really is going to be missing your support. Uh, are they open for curbside pickup? Can you? Yes. There you go. Well, you I, can at least have part of the experience at home. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be I'll still be watching it. Uh, I didn't get curbside last week from Buffalo Wild Wings because uh, again, my wife Miss Tori uh, got my me, wife my wife uh, got me a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. For Valentine's Day, because she says I'm inscrutable when it comes to gifts. Like I don't really. I think it's nice for me to be like, oh, I I want for nothing, my love. Like my life is complete. But she's like, you're just making it so hard for me to just get you something. And I'm like, I don't know, like uh, gift cards to Spotify and uh, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. That's like I'm happy as a pig and slop with that. <laughs> you're like but, a 16 uh, year old. Yeah, dude. Like what? What do I need? Oh, except uh, when it comes to Elfster. Uh, Joy, are you hip to Elfster? Have you heard about this Elfster? I have not. What is, I, I am, I'm old, so what is Elfster? So I found out through my wife and her family. It's basically like a um, combination of uh, MySpace, uh, but also you can put gifts. So you can like sign up and you can get your whole family to sign up and everybody can post gifts. And like really you just copy the links from Amazon and it'll be like, Joy wants Emmett Smith bobblehead and new tires or whatever like you could just put a whole list of things and then what you can do is like a family's you can do a secret santa so then the the website will like change up the names and then it'll send emails and say okay joy your secret santa is joshy numbers and then josh is is zach what have you right and then so you look at each other's list and, and purchase the items that they put on there and then you can have your uh, gift giving exchange uh so i just keep it up all year round and whenever i want something i just post it there so that way anyone who cares to get me a gift uh can look at that and purchase it so again my wife was like what do i get you we gotta get you something for your birthday i was like i don't know like him and han again just being difficult so i put some like albums and like a nwa national wrestling alliance uh t-shirt on there and my mom got an email for it because apparently she follows me on there and she goes she was so like offended <laughs> By that she goes in this time of strife and pandemic you're asking for things and i go oh first off i did it i just posted that and it just said your friend adam wished for this she goes the nerve the gall of you to ask for toys <laughs> for your birthday and i was like well gee whiz like hey i didn't think you were gonna get an email about it but uh that is my uh our new sponsor here uh, elster check it out I I hope mom doesn't hear this podcast or you're in for a 45-minute phone call. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say your new sponsor is your mom. Uh, in which oh, case she's the same old that. sponsor. <laughs> uh, she doesn't listen to... I think dad told me that he plays some of my podcasts for her. He goes, look, Yvette, they're talking about you. She's like, oh, they better not be saying anything wrong. As she goes back to watching Ancient Aliens and or <laughs> uh, Paranormal Activity. Uh, so finally, I'm sorry, as I get to the draft here, uh, obviously the draft's going to be virtual. What's going to happen is uh, due to uh, our social distancing, a lot of the uh, the NFL put out 
I believe, a memorandum earlier this week just in, uh, saying that everyone, they don't want people to meet up at their typical war rooms or typical locations for the draft. It's going to be almost like the world's biggest fantasy football draft, which we mused about last week. My question to you two is what's going to happen when Jerry Jones is by himself and the clock is ticking down to pick number 17? Um, worst case scenario and best case scenario. I'm going to go with uh, the president on this one. Joy, what happens? Uh, my hot take uh, is he finally gets to draft Johnny Manziel like he always Oh, God. <laughs> That'll be awful. But on on par. I yeah. was going to say that he was going to trade the pick for Joey Galloway again, but yours beats mine. Mm. I, uh, I, you know, I think I think Jerry Jones left to his own devices in a room with a one way connection to to uh, to old Roger Goodell is just never a good like there is no universe in which that ends up a, a, a positive thing for the Cowboys organization as a whole. Um, definitely lots of fodder for this particular podcast. Um, but not, not, not great news then for, uh, for us as Cowboys fans in the soon to come eight and eight or seven and nine season. But with that expanded draft might still get one more week, uh, to delay that heartbreak. I was going to say, uh, unconfirmed speculation that, uh, the Jones household does still run on roadrunner.com. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're hoping that that connection Stay strong. Again, I just started thinking that, again, with no war room, there's not going to be anyone to run interference or to inhibit Jerry in any way. We could walk away with three wide receivers just because they're very good uh, and not do this team any favors. Again, uh, I forgot. I apologize if it was Joy or Josh who posed the question, like, who contacts the NFL with final say? And I'm sure that's not, not only the Cowboys, but it could be, like, the Minnesota Vikings. Like, what if they're president of football operations and maybe a scout calling at the same time and pick different players. Um, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be laughable. Again, I think Josh brought up the story of him drafting a kicker in the first round. Also, <laughs> we could run into one of those scenarios. And I think you had brought it up uh, in text message the other day of when the Vikings missed their pick twice. Yes. Yep. Yes, absolutely. You know, you know what's going to happen is Jerry with his with his flip phone and and no smartphone to speak of is somehow they're going to have like a text message or an app, right? That like that's how you submit your picks. Jerry's still going to be trying to figure it out. He's going to miss every single opportunity the entire draft. He's still going to be trying to download that app to his oh, old school God. Motorola <laughs> Razor flip phone. Oh my goodness, this is going to be. This is going to be heart-wrenching. So, I mean, I really want to see, like, who we get at 17. I really don't think there's going to be a lot of, like, trading back or trading down because, again, that's going to require so many people. Like, you have to be in the same room to make phone calls and have different teams on the line and see who's going to offer the better uh, the better deal for the pick. I would assume most teams are just going to be conservative, just stick and pick. I mean, you don't even know. They've not even really had the best uh, – Interviews with a lot of the players. I was reading that all teams had unlimited calls with players throughout the week, but they could only like, unlimited time, but you could only call them three times or something of that nature. So a lot of the, the groundwork hopefully was done by the combine, because if you haven't done any of the work, you're just taking this guy's word for it that he's not eating cheeseburgers, 
working out at the Y or something or working out anywhere. Uh, so this is going to be, you know, this is going to be exciting. We're going to see who really does their homework and who doesn't. This is really going to, uh, but I think it's going to end in a farce. So we'll see what happens. My friends, uh, have you had fun recording the show? Always. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yes. Tremendous. I had fun as well. Well, uh, dear listener, I hope you had fun as well. What I want you to do is I want you to do us a favor here at uh, Taking a Blitz, you loyal Blitzheads. Please go ahead and subscribe to the show on Spotify and recommend it to a friend. Recommend it to, I don't know if you're anything like me. I've been dropping these in message boards at work and uh, Slack rooms at work. Like, hey, guys, if you like football, check this out. We like to have fun. <laughs> uh, you know, shameless, really shameless. But please do that because we like to have fun here and we'd like to uh, keep the fun going. So with that, any last words? Uh, can't wait to see what Bill O'Brien does next week. Yeah, the Bill O'Brien Chronicles. Joy. Oh, man. I got, you know, uh, uh, the, the ongoing uh, Des, Dak, Zeke triumvirate of spreading COVID evil. Um, I, uh, I am waiting on pins and needles to see what the league response is going to be to that one. So I'm hoping we have a little more to talk about next week. The triplets of COVID-19. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and with that, my friends, I hope you all have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>